time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Time for another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and president and founder of Roadmap Financial Consulting in Greensboro with an office on Mears Chapel Road. You can find us online at any time by going to greensbororetirement.com. Glenn, how are things in your life doing? Things are going well, Walter. I hope you are too. Yeah, doing well and looking forward to uh, the conversation today. We've got lots of good things to dive into. Kind of a special edition of the podcast here. We're going to call it our In the News edition of the Retirement Roadmap. We're going to take a look at some recent headlines to see what kinds of analysis Glenn can provide us on these things that maybe we've seen in the news and also what it might mean for our individual investing lives as well. So we've got three bigger news headlines that we've seen in the last couple of months to cover on today's show. The first of which was actually happening on social media. Now, even if you're not a Instagrammer or a tweeter on Twitter (laughs) and those kinds of things, it's still interesting to kind of look at what was happening in social media not long ago. Glenn, there was a recent discussion happening kind of in that Twitter world. There was a hashtag that said, why I'm not rich. And basically people were explaining why they think they aren't wealthy. And so I'm kind of curious just to kind of take the discussion in a different direction. For you and your clients and the people that visit with you, how do they define wealthy? And also for you, how do you define wealthy? Well, Walter, I mean, that's always in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? I mean, different people are going to judge things differently. I mean, when you hear the word wealth, I mean, a lot of times it goes to dollars and cents, but obviously if you don't have your health, then, you know, all the dollars and cents in the world don't make anything. So it's a combination of things. I mean, I think most people kind of get to the place where happiness is really the the ultimate prize. And if you can live, you know, into retirement and enjoy your life, you know, that really begins to take hold because, you know, in essence, I mean, most people, their lifestyle is not going to change dramatically when they move into retirement, you know, particularly on the upside. You know, they might could spend more money if they've saved a lot, but they're going to typically be living the lifestyle that they've come to, you know, be used to and so forth. And typically, if a lifestyle change happens, you know, it might go in the other direction if somebody hasn't saved enough. But I think of wealth in terms of is a state of mind and having the life you want to live. I mean, I think that there's plenty of folks that have a lot of money that are stressed out and it's a difficult time for them and other folks who don't have quite as many uh, of the trappings of the world, but yet they're happy as can be. So, you know, I'm not saying that money causes you to be unhappy, you know, by all means, that's not the case. But I think the two things are not necessarily linked. And I think when you're thinking about retirement, you're really wanting to try to be able to just continue on with a lifestyle, maybe have a few extra things. And I think that's the way most people really feel like is success. And I think that that's really a, a way to define things, you know, much more than wealth. I mean, wealth kind of, you know, you get into, uh, you're kind of keeping up with the Joneses and this kind of thing. And I think most people don't really are interested in that, particularly these days and times. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to make. It's always in the eye of the beholder, and there's so many different things in the financial world that I think fall into that discussion as well. And how do you define wealth versus how your neighbor defines wealth can be certainly very, very different. And it's not just about how much money's in the bank account, right? I mean, you've got to look at debt and you know possessions and income and all of these different things. Sometimes it can be a little deceiving. So those who look wealthy aren't necessarily wealthy, and then some define wealth by non-financial terms. So... It's a really interesting discussion, I think, and it was kind of fascinating to see that play out online as people were just kind of giving their different opinions on why they weren't rich and others kind of chiming in on the opposite side of that discussion. So very, very interesting. Well, yeah, that's exactly right, Walter. And you kind of look at it and 
most people look at their money situation as a cash flow and you know what's their monthly income and what they end up spending and and then like i say it's their lifestyle and you know i see situations all the time where um, some folks who have saved quite a bit and maybe into like their 401k or their retirement accounts and they don't have a pension and sometimes they will have more money or more assets than some other folks that I'll come along and visit with. And But they might have a pension and possibly two in the household. And they don't have as many assets, but yet their cash flow is just as strong or stronger than somebody who had more assets. So it's kind of a funny thing in terms of how that's measured. You know, you want to be thinking in terms of what's important to you and are you on track to achieve that? Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense, Glenn, and I think it's a worthwhile discussion to certainly have with yourself, with your loved ones, and make sure that you're all on the same page when it comes to that kind of thing, too, because how you view wealth, how you view money can shape how you plan with that asset. So very, very important to have that conversation. Another headline that we saw, Glenn, uh, not too long ago was about the S&P 500 stocks. And most of the growth in the S&P 500 has been driven by six companies this year. Facebook, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Netflix, and Apple. Since those are all technology and web-related companies, my question for you is, are we setting ourselves up for another downturn like the dot-com crash? Well, that's the $64,000 question, isn't it, Walter? <laughs> yes. You know, obviously, if you watch any of the financial news, they, you know, they refer to these as the FANG stocks, right? You know, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Google, Netflix. What's happened is that these companies have grown so dramatically that when they're representing the S&P 500, they have a bigger representation from those, those few stocks. So sometimes that when you have that kind of a growth with a few companies, it kind of hides what really might be going on in the marketplace. And what that really means is, is not all the companies in the S&P 500 are doing anywhere near as well. But yet when you see the S&P 500, you know, near new highs or making new highs or when it's pulling back, but it's flirting in that territory, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that all the companies are doing great. And so it's uh, you certainly look at the economic cycle and we hit bottom back in 09 and we are now in the late stages of 2018. And so you, know, you have to begin to wonder, you know, when is it going to happen? Because, you know, we know that history is a guide and we do, in fact, have economic cycles. And so we're certainly closer to a top than we are a bottom. But, you know, nobody has a crystal ball to know exactly, you know, when that top is going to be put in and what's going to be the triggering event or events that start bringing things down. But certainly it's a time to be cautious. And particularly if you're in your retirement years or approaching your retirement years, you want to be thinking in terms of preservation and are you going to have enough resources to last you income wise throughout those retirement years. And it's not really a time to be chasing after returns, so to speak, unless you just have some extra mad money, kind of like you don't take the grocery money to Vegas and, you know, you don't take your retirement money to that kind of a risk either. And so you have to just kind of look and see, you know, where are you and where is the economy and is your plan making sense? Just don't get caught up in the hype of some of the things that you might hear in the news and just be kind of realistic and think about, you know, do you have a plan in place that is going to sustain itself through the good times and the bad times? It's a good example, I guess, about how sometimes past performance can't predict future results. Just because there's this correlation that they are, you know, technology stocks doesn't mean you can automatically say it's the dot-com crash all over again. 
No, I mean, exactly. As I say, you know, history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but sometimes it rhymes. And so, you know, we have to just be aware and kind of look at, you know, what's going on in the marketplace. And certainly there are some things going on. I don't think anybody thinks that it's quite as frothy as it was back in 1999 and 2000. But yet at the same time, when you look at valuations and you look at the stock market, you know, you have to begin to wonder, okay, how long is this going to last? And like I say, you know, I think most everybody would say, you know, economists and market practitioners that were certainly closer to a top than a bottom. And so it's time to have a little caution out there. Yeah, great points as always, Glenn, and a good discussion on headline number two there with the S&P 500 being driven by those six companies primarily this year. Interesting to see the power of just a couple of companies, how it can kind of push forward a whole bunch of other stocks in that group. Very, very interesting to see. All right, one more headline I thought would be worth to discuss, Glenn. And actually, when we wrote these notes down to discuss, we had a number written down. It's actually exceeded that number. And now as we sit down to record today's podcast, podcast. The national debt has now surpassed the 21, and we had written down 21.4 trillion mark. It's actually now 21.6, 21.6 trillion dollar mark. But here's my question. At what point does it become a problem? Well, you know, that's a good question. You know, I mean, a lot of people would argue that it's already a problem. And certainly, you know, one of the things we have to think about is what's driving that. And we know that largely a lot of the government spending and future spending is coming from the baby boom generation. You know, every day, you know, for for quite some time, we're going to have roughly 10,000 people in the United States turning 65 every single day. And so those people start going on to Medicare and start collecting Social Security and whatnot. You know, it creates more and more need for the government to have the resources. And, you know, you start looking at where things are and certainly the economies have grown over time. But yet our debt is beginning to get out of hand. And you could even make a case that it's already out of hand. And that's something that you've really got to be careful of, especially in retirement when you're thinking about, you know, well, you're not going to have any more paychecks once you stopped work. And so now your resources are going to be your paycheck. And you have to start thinking about, well, where is your money, you know, and what kind of accounts are they in? And an awful lot of folks have money in those traditional IRAs and those 401ks that are pre-tax dollars. So you kind of have to think in terms of, well, okay, what does that mean? You know, why is that a big deal? And when you start thinking about, well, if the government needs to start paying off the debt and eventually the only way that they can increase revenue is that they have to increase taxes. And when you're in those pre-tax accounts, you don't have any control over where tax rates might go. So those are some things that you've really got to be aware of and cognizant of, you know, as you're in retirement and approaching retirement. And you got to be thinking, you know, if you're still working, do I have enough saved in that type of an account already? Maybe I should be saving additional monies into another type of an account, maybe a Roth or other places to put money. Or if you're already in retirement, you know, you might start thinking about, well, golly, what are my distributions going to be? How much do I need? Do I have required minimum distributions that are going to be more than I need? Does it make sense to possibly start doing some Roth conversions and things like that? And, you know, certainly that gets into some pretty advanced planning when we start thinking about taxes and how all that works and how all the different forms of income interact with one another. And so it's something that is a big part of retirement planning, particularly now and in the times that we're in, because we have this scenario where the government has got way more bills to pay, you know, and then it has money coming in. And 
as we talk about the news, I mean, they're talking that you know, we're going to be starting to run trillion dollar deficits, you know, on an annual basis, which, I mean, that's just beyond comprehension. And that's just simply said that there's a trillion more dollars going out than there is coming in. So that's not a good sign of how the debt is going to be going forward. So I'd say, you know, definitely that's something if you're not looking at that and you're not paying attention to that, and that's not a pretty big part of the conversation with your financial advisor, maybe it's time to get a second opinion because it's really something that folks need to be aware of. Like I say, especially when we're thinking in terms of if you've got money that are in pre-tax accounts that are going to be taxed based on the future tax rates. Yeah, I think it's very interesting to look at those numbers. When you go to a place like usdebtclock.org and you start seeing how fast that those numbers are rising for the national debt and unfunded liabilities and all that kind of stuff, it's just sobering. But it can also be overwhelming, too, (laughs) just to see all of the different moving parts there are to consider in that evaluation. And I know that that's, hey, a lot of people get paralyzed by that, don't they? By that frustration of not really understanding what's happening what's going on and that lack of ability to understand it's so overwhelming for some that they kind of get paralyzed by it and then don't make any decisions. Well, you're right, Walter, and, and that's unfortunate because, like you say, I mean, you know, typically if folks get, you know, confused or they get overwhelmed, you know, they tend to just put the brakes on, and sometimes that's a good thing. I mean, it's kind of a defense mechanism, but, you know, you got to get through that and past that and get to some answers and get to some strategies that are going to serve you through time, and certainly you have to look at what are the risks out there, and I've long said, you know, for retirees and soon-to-be retirees, you have to think in terms of volatility in the marketplace, particularly when you're taking distributions because you know you don't want to have to take lots of distributions when your account values are down you certainly have to look at taxes because your tax situation changes in retirement and again if you have a lot of money that's in pre-tax dollars you know you may end up being in a higher tax bracket than you thought in retirement and of course you know long-term care is a risk too so you've got to take your uh, view of retirement years and think in terms of these are the big risks and certainly you know future taxation rates are certainly going to be a big one for a lot of people in those retirement years. So if you're not looking at that or if your advisor's not really talking about that, I suggest strongly that you get a second opinion and look at uh, your finances with somebody who does more holistic planning and looks at the whole picture. You know, it's not really necessarily how much money's in the account as so much as how much do you get to keep and utilize and how much do you get to pass on to your family if there's money left over and how much is going to actually be left to the government. And I've yet to meet anybody that wants to leave Uncle Sam lots of money and make them one of their biggest beneficiaries. But unfortunately, that's going to happen with a lot of accounts if folks aren't careful and do some wise planning. Well, as always, if you need any assistance or guidance when it comes to your financial plan, if you see these kinds of headlines in the news and you're not really sure what to do or how it might impact you, what is the overall impact of the national debt? Or like we talked about earlier, you know, how do you view money? What about the S&P 500? Are there certain companies or stocks that you should be interested in that mix, in that group? So many different things to consider when it comes to your financial plan. It's always helpful to have a guide walk you through these things, and that's why Glenn Mosseller is here with us each week on the podcast and with you every day in the office there in Greensboro. If you want to come in and have a conversation about your plan, you can do uh, that a couple of ways. Set up a time to meet by going to greensbororetirement.com. Click on the free consultation button at the bottom of the page. That's greensbororetirement.com. Or you can call Glenn directly at 336-291-3535. That's 336-291-3535. 
888-825-3535. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to discuss your financial plan with somebody who is well-experienced, many, many years of helping folks get to and through retirement. That's something Glenn has been focusing on for his whole career. Glenn, we appreciate you taking the time out to join us on the podcast this week to discover some of these recent in-the-news headlines, and we'll look forward to another great conversation with you next time around. Sounds great, Walter. Take care. Much appreciated. That's Glenn Mosseller. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time on the Retirement Roadmap.